Well, welcome to Why God Why. What are we calling this? Uh, Co-host stories. This is, yeah, this is our pre-season series of episodes uh, called Co-host Stories, uh, where we're going to interview all of the hosts that are going to be featured in the next few seasons. The team has grown. Uh, we've, we've roped a bunch of new faces, voices in, though, though most of them have been on, all of them have been on the podcast prior. Um, but we have spent the summer uh, together reflecting on the podcast, where we've come, where we hope to go, and really tried to set up the next few seasons well. Uh, excited to kick off this uh, next phase of Why God Why, um, but wanted to introduce you to our hosts before really launching season what what are we going to call that i think we're landing at why do why do i still follow jesus that's the first right yes yeah. that is that is the theme anyway peter uh we are starting these co-host or host interview episodes with you because you are in fact the founder of why god why um you know this has kind of been your baby your project for a while now and and now you've you've brought a bunch of us in which we're glad to be here but uh Tell us, you know, we, we've heard a lot over the course of the podcast. You know, we know you're a girl dad. We know you work for Browncroft. We know uh, your wife is a, a therapist. And uh, But regardless, regardless of what we've heard before, who is Peter Engler? So I actually, John Amayo, uh, who's a co-founder of Why God Why, we'll talk about him more later, but he had us do this exercise, which it's a poem that I am, Um, and so I was really thinking about it. Like I grew up in Binghamton, New York, actually Endicott, small company by the name of International Business Machine started there. (laughs) Uh, Broome County where Binghamton Endicott is, is kind of this insecure place. It's not as cool as Rochester and Buffalo, but always wants to be in Syracuse. So grew up there, um, pretty much grew up Christian, like Christian, Christian, went to a Baptist school for kindergarten to 12th grade, went to an Assemblies of God Pentecostal church, um, felt called to be a pastor and then meandered my way through. But the I am kind of, you know, one of the reasons why I love serving in Rochester is, you know, part of my journey is so geographically, you know, I am the grit of upstate New York. I am the... (laughs) the skepticism, the, the loyalty. And, uh, you know, as I think about the, the beauties and the challenges and the darkness of this area, um, I just resonate with it. I lived in the Midwest for like (laughs) five months. Um, and what people don't always know is I'm actually the least sarcastic person in my family. Um, except for my mom, my mom is not sarcastic. She's very loving and caring, but the rest of my family is, but like, people would tell like me, they're like, you're super sarcastic. And one time (laughs) somebody said in front of my brother, like, they're like, Peter is so sarcastic. And my brother basically said, Peter is the least sarcastic person I know. So living in the Midwest, I would like walk into seminary and I'd be like, I just bench press 300 pounds. And uh, like individuals (laughs) from like the Dakotas, Missouri, they're like, really? And I'm like, I'm like, look at me. Anyways. (laughs) That's a little bit about me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and you've now, so how long has Why God Why been going? Uh, May 2019. We're over 200 episodes. Awesome. And you've been in Rochester how long now? January 2013. Nice. Okay. That's that's enough 
for for the Rochester folks out there, we we can we can call him ours now, right? Well, you know, it's <laughs> it's not New England, you know, because New England you have to be born there. That's but. very true. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm curious. You know, this is a unique podcast. This isn't you know just the sermon episodes, the sermon uh, recordings, or there's another Browncroft uh, shout out to the other Browncroft podcast out there between two sermons. Um, hopefully, you get the reference. Uh, this isn't that either. We're not diving deeper into the Sunday sermon. Um, when you created Why God Why, what was what was the hope there? John Amayo and I had an epic two-hour coffee at the Brighton 12 Corner Starbucks. We were sitting there. I had been challenged, help our 20-somethings, and those magical words just came out of John Amayo's mouth we should start a podcast. <laughs> so oh I was stupid and stubborn <laughs> enough to make it happen. Um, so, you know, just to back up a little bit, like I don't know what spiritual gifts test I took when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I took a test and it said like verbatim, you would be a good Christian talk show host. Wow. So, I mean, even then, I mean, wherever that test is, but- That's perfect. Uh, you know, just, I always knew that there was, there's a blessing and a curse of creating content. And that's something that I love to do. So why God, why really birth out of that conversation of reaching the 20 somethings, responding to the questions people don't feel comfortable asking in church. Hmm. So we started, it was John Amayo and Harry Gibbs and Harry just co-hosted an episode in May. Uh, and we met with my friend who's like a podcast godfather his name is Dan DeRozier. And literally like the words just came out of his mouth. He's like, this is the title of your podcast, Why God Why? And, you know, from there, we wanted a, a format that was flexible and free hmm. to ask questions. And then some of the side benefits, uh, you know this, I have coffee and lunch with a lot of people and I was so annoyed that I couldn't record these conversations because when I think of when C.S. Lewis talks about friendship and he says, you too, like, and he's talking yeah, about yeah. walking through this. And I, I even think about the episode with your story. I mean, how many of us have asked about questions about politics, human mm-hmm. suffering, mm-hmm. Um, how we relate to people that we disagree with, uh, are Christians hypocrites? it's almost as if we're scared to bring it up. So the vision yeah. the vision of a podcast like this was, can we bring people locally from Rochester and even nationally, and we've had some global yeah. people, to have some of these conversations to really relate to people Monday through Saturday. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad y'all did it. I also didn't know that story about the, the name. Oh, you didn't? Okay. <laughs> Dan DeRozier. Learning something Thank new. Thank you. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there's formal credit. So in your own journey, your own faith journey, uh, unpack a little more of that. And, you know, you're not only the host of Why God Why. That, that is not the extent of your vocation right now um, and your uh, faith. Um, give, give us give us a little more of, of share, share with us your faith journey. Uh, what's characterized it and... Um, you know, maybe wrote the podcast in, but feel free to even and you leave that out, and we'll we'll bring it back if we need to. Yeah, my 
my parents came to really know Jesus. They grew up in the Catholic church, but they came to really know Jesus through the Catholic charismatic movement uh, in the 1970s. So uh, the movie that came out, Jesus Revolution, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the, like, the Catholic version to come out because <laughs> I'd be really fascinated by that. And they came to know Jesus like in a very real and powerful way. And I was born in the 1980s and Christianity was just changing a ton. And I think that that's kind of important. Um, one of the things I appreciate about you is, you know, you, you told us about the generational questions. I think it's from, mm, from mm-hmm. Barna. And I think boomers were asking like, what's truth? Mm-hmm. And growing up as a millennial, asking the question, what's good? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a ton of people saying, make sure you believe the right things. Make sure you know, memorize all 66 books of the Bible. I still remember being in kindergarten and memorizing my first Bible verse. So growing up in Binghamton in a town that's skeptical that um, I'll say their Enneagram six worst case scenario <laughs> with faith is kind of a mazel tov of being, feeling like you have to earn God's love and approval. And then on top of that, um, this is like a microcosm, but my daughter has the same hair that I do. Mm-hmm. So we have super curly hair. My hair defies gravity. It grows <laughs> up. It doesn't go down. But you know, as a kid, I just got picked on. I was just different. And I think that that led me on a journey of using Christianity as this healthy crutch for trying to belong, trying to find relationships. And um, and when I say relationship, just just the friendships and feeling connected from there. So, you know, you add that Mazel Tov cocktail to this feeling of wanting to be a pastor, um, feeling this calling, mm. you now have a super achiever, someone super desiring to make a difference. You know, the, my favorite song in high school was a song by Delirious called History Maker. And in some ways, there is this insidious connection of the American dream and Christianity of like, if you would have told me at 18 that I had a podcast, like what that would have done to my soul, um, I don't know if that would have been super healthy. So mm-hmm. I think when I think of, and I'll, I'll kind of pause at high school and we can go there wherever you want to go. But I think what happened was the Christianity by accident. And I, the people I grew up with, my parents, my pastors, they all love Jesus. But when you're in your, when you're in high school, you're still trying to wrestle with the concreteness of what you hear, with the nuance, with all this. And it just took time to kind of figure out like, how have I melded culture and achievement and being the, the best that I can be with the gospel and actually experiencing that. And I think a lot, a lot of the, our guests and a lot of people kind of our age. So I think about Dave Hurtwick, who we had early on the podcast and his podcast is about the gospel. I think that the gospel message that it's the good news of Jesus to be believed, not good advice, just resonated because in the air that we breathed in our soul, there was something about melding together the American dream, melding together achievement so that you could be something. I think two things that struck out to me in that were the 
kind of conflation of your faith pursuit or journey with community, seeking community. And then that last bit, which which you emphasized even a little more, is that conflation of uh, faith with the American dream, perhaps. Which of those would you say was a more significant kind of journey of transformation uh, for you? And, and share a little more. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to answer your question indirectly right. with kind of, and then you can kind of pull me back because that's what you do. So if you were to ask me at the University of Valley Forge when I graduated with a pastoral ministry degree, like what's your actual dream? So I had this planned out. Um, okay. I'm going to go to seminary. I'm going to get hired by a large church that the senior pastor is going to be some type of ministry father figure to me and basically say, Peter, I'm going to be here for five years, but when I retire, I want you to take over. And I was going to write books. I was going to have the podcast. And like, it just, I just thought that that was normal. And Valley Forge was so important. I still talk, one of my professors, his name's Ron Hall. We still talk about once or twice a month and just super encouraging, super biblical, helping me kind of get there. But what I didn't know then was this idealistic, you know, just vision for my life, you know? And when I went to college, gas was like $3 a gallon. So you have a millennial that saw like most of the world get a job, come out of school and be successful. All of a sudden that lie is just, it, it's just right in front of you. So I go to Springfield, mm-hmm. Missouri. I work at a cafeteria. I, I left Valley Forge as like a senior speaker. Um, like I thought I was on top of the, everybody was telling me, you're such a great preacher. You're such a great teacher. And basically from 2008, 2009 to 2014, I did, I wouldn't say nothing kind of pastorally, but I worked in higher ed. Like I went to Mm -hmm. set, like I was an admissions counselor. And Mm -hmm. in many ways, like it was the kindness of God of like your dream needs to die. Mm. I mean, and then maybe not like you need to die to yourself. Like, cause this is, if, if my dream as I articulated would have happened, I don't know what could have, I, I could have been a moral failure mm. at the very least. I could have, um, I could have been a pastor that's not in touch. Like I, even though I've worked for a lot of Christian organizations, I, there's a part of me that needed to learn. This is what normal people go through on a Monday. So I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah. In that season, four years or so, you said, um, what was the toughest, like, or what was the biggest thing you wrestled through in your, in your relationship with God? Um, I don't know if this is the biggest, but so I met my wife, Robin, and I was an admissions counselor like in Valley Forge. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I basically uh, either led by the Holy Spirit or bad pizza or stupidly, (laughs) I just, I came to a point where I had to move to Rochester. Like Robin, I don't believe in the one, we can unpack that later, (laughs) but I just knew that she was 
who God was calling me to marry. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, was it harder to get engaged? I go, it's easy to get engaged when you move from Philadelphia there. Um, and then I had some just vocational struggles because I, I think the big thing was that what I had to wrestle with to answer your question was I thought that God had this wonderful plan and moving to Rochester was not easy. Um, you know, at one point I was selling cell phones in a hut at BJ's and I talk about it a lot. Like I needed that, mm-hmm. but my I just felt like, God, I have invested and given so much and I feel like a failure. And mm. probably even now, those are kind of the, I mean, just to be really transparent and honest, um, there's a part of me that dies inside when I see like the Christianity Today or even the Rochester business list of like, you know, the 30 and under, like, mm, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that part of in God's grace of kind of saying, you don't need that to pe- feel valued and loved. You know, and even the fact that to yeah, move to yeah. Rochester, I had no idea I was going to get hired at Browncroft. That wasn't part of the plan. Mm. It was just, I was going to move up here, get a job, figure it out. And like God opened that door. But um, I think with all of that, just there were some shattered expectations and shattered dreams. I screwed up on some level, but I also think that God and his grace and his humility help. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I'll relate. I am. Um... I'm over 30 now, and when I turned 30 and realized I wasn't going to be on the Forbes 30 under 30, it was it was crushing. <laughs> <laughs> Not crushing. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what's how has being married to a therapist uh, shaped or influenced your your faith and vocation? After doing 200 some episodes, I hope I'm a better listener. Uh, that's the number one thing she taught me. Um, you know, 90% of the time, people don't need your advice. I might have made that up, but most people just want to feel heard. And I think even as we get to your episode, um, we're trying to deal with some of the most difficult topics. And there's some of us that are like, we just want someone to land at the topic. Whereas the power is can you sit with someone and really listen that they feel valued and loved one of the biggest mistakes i made in marriage <laughs> i i don't know i don't know why i did it i don't know what i said but we were watching tv and stuff and i just said yeah therapist like you just give advice like that was literally the worst thing to say and robin i am so sorry but <laughs> um but yeah, I, I think listening and podcasting is this discipline of not just listening to think of what's the next thing to say, but listening that somebody just shared something that they think is not a big deal, but it actually is. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm still learning that art. Um, <laughs> You're doing well. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, these these aren't as long as our normal episodes necessarily. So um, I'm looking forward to diving into a lot of uh, conversations, topics that have come up even today in our conversation, but also 
uh, that we've talked about prior. For you, as you think about the season ahead, um, what are you most excited to dive into topically? Or or maybe we haven't talked about it quite yet, but you want to throw it in there if we can. You know, so like if I throw something we haven't talked about, it means we have like that. That's like super manipulative. Depends, how, no. depends how consistent the um, listeners are. You know, um, <laughs> I think what I'm I'm most excited about is the mix of people from Browncroft that we're interviewing or associated with Browncroft. I, I think we have an episode with Paul and Jackie Stack. Um, you know, we're interviewing a guy that was featured on Christianity Today. I mean, just his name's Glenn Pearson and his article is I was um, the mole to the hammer of my family. And I, I just, every time... I don't necessarily get excited about issues. This is where my Enneagram 2 helper, befriender comes in. It, it's about the people. Uh, and just to sit and to have conversations and to to give people space because I, I know our listeners and when they listen to, there's something powerful about a podcast of feeling safe that I can have my beliefs, I can have my perspectives challenged without feeling the pressure. Um, and I think God speaks and moves there. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that too. Well, as we wrap up, I'll do the typical why God, why thing and give you the last word. <laughs> Anything you want to close us with? Um, you know, I just, uh, as we go into this season, I just want to thank you. Um, I'm probably going to miss team members, but I'm just going to, I just want to introduce our team. So Aaron Mercer, Aaron McGinnis, Alyssa Matz, Amanda D'Angelo, we got a ton of people that have the first name A. Uh, <laughs> That's true. You know, John Amayo, you know, of course, you, uh, Nathan Yoder. Uh, today, we have Dave Bodie, who's been, who's done some awesome work with us on and off in the past. Um, I'm excited about this next season, but I'm also excited to see, to become the type of podcast that represents the church of, you know, working together as a team. Um, just really excited. Oh yeah, Courtney Fantuso is joining our team too. So I'll just throw that out there. Awesome. Thanks for chatting with us, Peter. Thank you. Looking forward to the next episode.